350 miles to the south of Hardwork, Chamberlain Hatho marched through the main western gateway of Kalnia, capital of the Kalnian Empire and greatest city in the world. After almost a year away, the teeming industry of his hometown was such a joyful shock that he stopped and shook his head. Had he been one of Kalnia's uncouth low, he would have gawped and possibly cursed. He inhaled slowly through his nose to calm himself, swelling his chest with sweet Kalnian air. By Inawak, the sun god, and the swan empress herself, Kalnia was an impressive sight. As the swan empress Ayana's ambassador to the other empires, Chamberlain Hatho had travelled thousands of miles. Some of the cities he'd seen did in fact rival Kalnia in size and splendour, but for the last few weeks he'd been travelling by dog-drawn travois and boat through less sophisticated lands. The greatest settlements he'd seen for a good while had been casual collections of crooked cabins, tents, and other meagre dwellings. Staying in those villages' finest lodgings had made Chamberlain Hatho itch all over. How did the low live like such animals? Chippeminka, does Kalnia not rise above every other town and city like an elk towering over a herd of deer mice? His young alchemical bundle carrier and bedmate, Chippeminka, gripped his arm and pressed her oiled torso against his flank. It is truly amazing, she replied, her bright eyes satisfyingly widened. He held the girl at arm's length. She was wearing a breechcloth embroidered with an exquisite porcupine quill swan, the gold swan necklace that he'd given her to reflect light and her new allegiance to Inawak the sun god, and nothing else. She held his gaze with a coquettish smile, then licked her top lip. He had to look away. He was pleased with his new alchemical bundle carrier, very pleased. The woman who'd fulfilled the role previously had disappeared early on his embassy in the great port town at the mouth of the Water Mother. Walking along, he turned to ask her something, and she hadn't been there. He'd never seen her again. That evening a serving girl had seen he was morose and claimed her dancing would cheer him up. He told her to clear off and protested as she'd started to dance anyway. But his angry words had turned to dry squeaks as her sinuous slinkiness Smouldering smile and sparkling eyes had stunned him like a snake spellbinding a squirrel. At the end of her dance, he'd asked Chippeminka to be his new alchemical bundle carrier. She'd been at his side ever since. She was the perfect companion. She knew when he needed to eat, when he wanted time on his own, when to let him sleep, when to talk, when to stay silent, and, most joyfully of all, when to make love, and how to leave him smiling for hours. Chamberlain Hatho was forty-five years old. He'd always thought that love was at best a delusion, at worst an affectation. But now he knew what love was. Chipper Minka had shown him. At least once every waking hour, and often in his dreams, he thanked Inawak that he'd met her. She gripped his hand, it is a wonderful city, but what are all these people doing? He pointed out the various stations of industry that lined the road running into the city from the western gate. 
Those are nappers, napping flint. Then there are metal workers, heating and hammering copper, lead, and iron nuggets, dug from soil to the north. Next are tanners, curing skins with brains, marrow, and liver. Then there are artisans working with shells, clay, marble, feathers, chert, porcupine quills, turquoise, and all manner of other materials to create tools, pipes, baskets, carvings, beads, pottery, and more. That next group are tailors who sew, knit, twine, plait, and weave cotton, bark fibres, and wool from every furry animal in the Swan Empress's domain. They seem so diligent. They must be very intelligent. On the contrary, smiled Chamberlain Hatho, these are the low, the simple people who perform mundane but skilled roles, so that people like me and you, dear Chippeminka, might soar higher.